I was having a conversation with a coach during one of our mentoring sessions and he made a very great point where he said, you don't really talk about yourself that much. Like I love working with you because I know how kind you are. I'm really interested in you as a person, but you don't really show that online. And I was like, that's a really great point. And I've never really spoken about my own body image journey, my relationship with food. I've had a couple of questions when I've been on podcasts that I've answered, but this isn't really something that I've spoken about in depth or all in one place. So I thought I would share a little bit about my own personal journey with my body image. I don't think that I've had the typical experience with a lot of the people in the fitness industry where, you know, they've really struggled themselves and then they overcome some of those challenges and that's why they're invested in doing this work with their clients. My journey has been a little bit different to that. And I wouldn't really consider myself to have had high degrees of dissatisfaction with my physical shape. But what I did experience when I was growing up is a lot of insecurity around my skin. And that is actually a body image concern. We talk about shape and weight a lot in the fitness industry, but really your body image is about your appearance. And I had a lot of insecurities about my skin because it was very acne prone. And sometimes I would get comments from people. Like (laughs) I remember one time, you know, when you're a teenager and you all get drunk in like the park, you take your parents' alcohol and then you go and get drunk. Well, We went through a phase of doing that and one of my friends was a little bit tipsy and she said, I don't know why all the guys like you because your skin's quite bad. I was like, oh, fucking thanks. Um, So I had like the odd comment here and there. I remember that my mum got angry at me one time because I would not open the door to the postman because I didn't have my foundation on. I was just like, I do not want to be seen. So I can relate to being dissatisfied with certain parts of your appearance. I can relate to the thoughts about how you look, worrying about what other people think of you in the sense that when I was talking to someone, I was like, are they looking at my skin? Like that was something that was really distracting for me. I spent a lot of time and money on skincare and foundation, trying to cover it up. At school, every break time, I would rush to the bathroom to check that my foundation hadn't slipped. I didn't want to be in pictures. If you look at my teenage years, all of the photos of me, all you can see is my hand in front of my face. There was also times where I skipped out on doing certain things because my skin was really bad that day. So I remember all of that. And that is very similar to what someone experiences when they're dissatisfied with their body, right? It's the same thing, just a different focus. So I can really resonate with those struggles. And what happened for me, I didn't directly do any body image work at that time because I didn't really know that it was a thing, right? And I would have just paid anything to have have nice skin. That was all that I was interested in. If someone told me, you know, Shannon, it's not your skin. It's the way that you think about it. I would have told them to fuck off. (laughs) So I completely understand why people are hesitant, why it's difficult to believe that your feelings about yourself are more so to do with the way that you think rather than how you actually look, right? So I can resonate with all of that. And what happened is that my skin just got a little bit better as I began traveling. I didn't bring all of my skincare with me because that would have been a lot to carry. 
So I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to Vietnam. It's hot. You know, <laughs> like I'm not carrying this stuff. And over time, my skin just got better. So I was like, oh, okay. Didn't actually work on anything. My skin just got better. What I did notice is as I began to learn more about body image, I could spot some of these things within myself. I'm like, oh damn, yeah, I used to do that. I used to think about that a lot. And, you know, I used to worry about what other people thought. And it was only when I was in Bali and I started to get the odd blemish every now and then when I was training jujitsu because you're sweating a lot. You're rubbing your face on the mats. You're rubbing your face on other sweaty people. I would get blemishes come up and... I also started dating my partner at the time. I would wake up first, just naturally anyway. And the first thing I would do is go and wash my face and just put on some like tinted moisturizer and try and cover up any any blemishes that had come up. So I was like, I don't really want, you know, just seeing this new person. I don't really want him to see my skin. And there would be times where I'd have a particularly bad blemish. I'm like, fuck, I don't want to train jujitsu today because I can't cover it up. It's just going to come off. I don't really want people to see that. And I was like, Shannon, like you've just, you've learned about body image. You can see what this is. Like you haven't worked on anything. Your skin just got better. But now that there would be like the odd blemish. It wouldn't even be to the extent that it was in my childhood. It'd be like just a normal blemish, right? And other people would train like that too. So I could see that. And I was like, damn, I'm actually like, this is what people experience where they hold themselves back from doing things because they don't like one aspect of how they look. So that was when I really started to put into practice no, you can feel this way and still do the thing. What if your skin, like, you know, what if this was a permanent thing? Would you just never train jujitsu again? So that was like the thought process that I went through. And I forced myself, even though it was uncomfortable, to go out, to stop wearing as much makeup. I wasn't rushing off to cover things up before Luke woke up. I was just like, fuck it. Like, you, you know, you want to embody this more confident version of yourself, that means that you'd have to expose these areas of yourself that you don't like. So that was what I would do whenever a blemish came up. And what's funny is, as I mentioned, it wouldn't even be a huge thing, but it would bring back all those feelings from how I felt insecure as a teenager, that I would essentially overreact when there was just one tiny blemish. And that would be like, that would take up a lot of my focus. So that was something that I experienced. And then with my relationship with food, I think it's actually a whole lot more interesting than being like just being dissatisfied with my body, right? So what happened is during my teenage years, I was dating, this was my first boyfriend. We were together for maybe two years. During that time, like age 16 to 18 or whatever, through the end of college and then starting going into uni. During that time, I got more interested in training. And my introduction to training was actually, I'm very lucky it came from a very healthy place because my mum is a personal trainer and I've always really respected how strong she is. Um, how fit she is as well. She's very active, very fit. And it was basically a way for us to spend some time together. She, I just wanted, I was like, hey mum, will you teach me how to lift? So I got my intro into training through my mum and we would work out together. I then joined the gym when I was at college and I would go to the gym after college because I genuinely liked how it made my body feel. I really, really wanted to be strong. And 
I got into training it was like a bodybuilding style training I was like you know what I want to grow my glutes I want to grow my shoulders yeah you know let's sculpt my body and I got into it from that approach right so I did start off with the bodybuilding style just because that was kind of how my mum trained she was very much interested in watching like these fitness youtubers you know and all the rest of it so that's how I got into training and I would say that it was a pretty healthy relationship with exercise. But what happened during this relationship is that it ended by me being cheated on. And it was kind of a shitty way that I found out. Like I found out a couple of months after it happened, it happened a few times and all of my friends knew and no one told me. So at that point when I found out, I was like, fuck everyone. I am gonna, I was like, now it's time for you to focus on yourself. Like it was this huge like personal growth phase. And I was like, I am gonna get Operation Revenge Body. (laughs) I was like, I will show him um, by like making him regret it basically by just being like the best version of myself where he was like, fuck, why did I do that? That was how, that was what I wanted to do. So although I was already active, I, you know, when I was at uni, I was working really, really hard, studying law, also working in the student union bar. So it was very like exhausting time in my life. And sometimes I would skip the gym. Like if I was like, "Mm, you know, maybe I need to rest right now. I wasn't as consistent with the gym, probably training like three times minimum. But for me, I wanted to go like four or five times a week. So I was like, this is it. No more like, you know, no more skipping. You're going to take this seriously. And I did. And I was very, very consistent. Every like 30 minutes of my day was mapped out so that I could train, so that I could study, so that I could work and make a living and have the odd time where I actually spent time with my friends, right? So that was my intro that was my kick up the ass where I really started to take my training seriously for me but that was very high standards right three times a week is still pretty consistent anyway but my standards were like no you you know this is it and I I soon got over the whole idea of the revenge body I was like I don't really care about this guy you know if he's gonna do that then that's not the person I want to be with anyway but I I really was taking my training seriously And what happened is obviously my body started to reflect those changes and I would get a lot, a lot of comments on how I looked, like compliments from random people in the gym, compliments from my friends, um, compliments on like my bar, on my abs, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, "Mm, this is nice, I guess. Like I do feel good about how I look, but also it started to get annoying (laughs) and People, I know what this can sound like to someone who, you know, currently doesn't like their body that I was getting annoying. It's like, oh, how, you know, what a shitty problem to have, poor you kind of thing. But what annoyed me was that I was getting a lot of comments on my appearance. And I was like, dude, I am more than just my butt cheeks. Like I am more than just my abs. Like, can't we talk about something more interesting? Like if if this is all that you see is just a body, like that doesn't make me feel very good. Like I am a whole person behind that body. And I started to get kind of annoyed when people would comment. And this was the same thing when I went to Bali, right? It's so hot there that it's very normal just to train in very short shorts and a sports bra. And I would train like that because I was fucking hot and sweaty. And every day I would get a comment on how lean I am, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, I'm so bored of this. Like, 
I don't want people to just comment on how I looked. And when I would actually say something back, like, I, I know that you're trying to be nice, but I actually kind of don't really like it when people comment on my body because, you know, I do feel like I'm literally being objectified and I think I have a whole lot more to offer. And my friends would soon learn to stop commenting. They're like, oh no, I know you don't like it when I say these things. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, I actually think that this is a, a healthier way to relate to myself. But my drive often for exercise, what's very funny is right now as I'm recording this, I'm back in the UK. So I haven't been home for two years. And this is the most amount of time that I spent at home since I left the UK like five or six years ago. And it brings me back to that time in my life where I was, I was experiencing a lot of angst in general because I just finished my degree, um, didn't want to do law, kind of spoke about this in the previous episode about my coaching journey, right? Where I was just like, I'm just gonna earn money working at a coffee shop in Tesco's, which for me was like soul destroying and mind numbingly boring, but I just needed to make money and Tesco's was close to home and there's very little job opportunities in Colchester. So I was like, I'm gonna go to this coffee shop, you know, however many days a week, work, try and find something interesting to focus on, which was mostly just talking to the customers and getting very good at latte art. But it was like, I hate being here because I know that I've got so much more to do with my life. I know it's a stepping stone, but I was just like really miserable there. And really that's where a lot of my drive to put into my career came from because I was like, there is no way, I don't wanna stay in the UK. Like I wanna see the world, I wanna get out there and there are no jobs here anyway. I need to make this work for myself. I have no other options. And training would be like the highlight of my day because again, working at a fucking coffee shop, I was bored all day. I was like, I can't wait to go out and do something, you know? And there's nothing really to do in Colchester, my hometown. It's a very small town. It's kind of boring. Most of my friends have moved out at this point and I'm back now, like it's temporary. I'm literally flying to Greece in a few days, but I'm at that point where, you know, the most interesting thing I have to do outside of work is to train. And that's where a lot of my drive came from. It's like, I'm doing something good for myself. I'm very bored. This is my opportunity to get out of the house or to get out of the coffee shop. You know, I'm going to a new setting. I like being here. That's where a lot of my motivation came from. So when you see these very fit bodies on Instagram, just realize a lot of them are actually kind of struggling. Like they're not in the best, like this is not just overgeneralize. I'm not saying this is the case for everyone, but you know how beneficial to mental well-being physical activity can be. And for a lot of people, it comes with a sense of purpose, right? I am progressing towards something. Like I feel like my life is going nowhere. Obviously that's a over-exaggeration. My life was going somewhere, but you, you know, when you're in that period of working towards something and I just had to save money, it, and I was studying at the time as well, but I was like, I need to feel like I'm progressing towards something. And that was also what training really helped with. And that isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it can also be a slippery slope. So now when I'm reading more about muscle dysmorphia or you know unhealthy relationships with exercise, what comes up a lot in the research papers is people getting a sense of purpose from their training. And I think training can and should be you know, something that is progressive, something where you can tick off some goals and reach towards, but not at the expense of other things going on in your life. So 
I can see how when I was feeling like agitated, I would start to get angsty if I hadn't trained or, you know, I can't train for some reason, like something comes up, like real life stuff that gets in the way where you really genuinely cannot train because if I could train, I would. And I would get angsty about not moving my body And I can see how that can be a very slippery slope. I was getting a lot of control over my diet from my fitness pal because obviously I had to eat in a certain way to meet my training goals in that I needed adequate calories. I needed adequate carbohydrates, protein, you know, for recovery. And that was okay. But I did start to have those thoughts that, oh, I don't really want to eat out because, you know, I want to eat in this way. And I can see how that can be so close to reaching the point of, you know, actually being very limiting. But at that time of my life, it was okay because I did not have much else going on. And then when I went traveling, all of that went out the window because you don't even know what you're eating half the time when you're in these foreign countries. You know, I had no qualms about being flexible, but it was like forced upon me. And actually I do remember when I was applying for my working holiday visa, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to Australia. I'm gonna do a year in Australia. And I thought about au pairing and I was weighing up the pros and cons. I was like, well, you get free accommodation, free food. And I was like, oh, but I won't be able to buy my own food. Like what if they cook the meals for me? These were thoughts that was coming up. And I was like, Shannon, are you really gonna not go to Australia because you might not be able to cook your own meals? Like that would be ridiculous. So that was like, there was a few like warning signs coming up where I was like, "Mm," you know, are you getting to the point of needing to control everything too much and actually holding yourself back from having some really great experiences? I'd never let it get to that point where I was like, that would be ridiculous. Go to Australia. If they buy your food, you can learn how to deal with that, you know, even if you can't eat in this ideal way. So that's what I did. Did a working holiday visa, a year in Australia. They were buying the food, but the family was like pretty good with um, knowing that I was health conscious and wanting to accommodate that. So um, when I sort of said, you know, I don't really want to eat a lot of these fatty meats, they buy like burgers, sausages, you know, all those sorts of things. It's like, can we just maybe get some chicken every now and then? Like they were very accommodating. But that was like, to me, a big warning sign. Like, wow, like this could be detrimental where the amount of control that you you have currently over your diet and your training, you can have that control and it's not taking away from your quality of life because you literally have nothing else going on. You don't have anyone, you know, dictating your schedule. You get to make all these decisions so you can. But when the opportunity arises, don't hold on to that and don't hold yourself back. So I'd say that I had a decent relationship with food, decent-ish relationship with my body, not my whole appearance, but my body, that was okay. And then when I started learning more to help my clients about what a positive body image looks like, what I really wanted to aim towards, that of course got me thinking about my own approach to training, my own approach to my health. Um, Even when it came to trying new sports, it's like, well, if I train jujitsu, then I probably won't be lifting as much. You know, what if I lost muscle? You know, all of these thoughts would come to mind. And I actually have lost a decent amount of muscle purely because I can't train to the same quality as I did when I had nothing else going on in my life, right? So that's something really important to remember is thinking about, you know, how do I want to approach myself and what kind of life do I want to have? And for me, it's like, I do not want to be held back by anything, ideally, 
least of all myself. Like I do not want to be the thing getting in my way. There's going to be challenges to doing what I want to do with my life. I'm not going to be one of those challenges, right? I'm going to help myself, not hold myself back. So I challenged that when I felt insecure about my skin. I um, challenged that when it came to potentially, oh, do I really want to miss out on this just because I don't know what I'm eating? And really learning about positive body image and relationship with food side of things, realize that a healthy relationship with your body and a healthy relationship with your food is not just the absence of disordered practices. Like I would never say that I was heavily on the disordered side. I actually can recognize a lot of protective factors that I was fortunate enough to have in place, such as my mum being a positive role model, um, as well as traveling and being exposed to so many different cultures where I didn't really feel pressure to look a certain way right so I would say the positive reinforcement is not a protective factor because that can lead to overvaluation of weight and shape where you get told that you look great and then you begin to place too much importance on that so I don't think the compliments are actually helpful but I do think that having a positive role model in my mum when it came to the exercise and noticing like the personal benefits from that as well as being exposed to so many different cultures and then having flexibility imposed upon me where you have no idea when you're next going to eat you know none of these things can be controlled that you learn to live without them that helped me to be more invested in really thinking about what I wanted from my life and the way that I wanted to approach my nutrition and training so now I am able to try new sports like if I go to Morocco and there's no gym that doesn't throw me off because I'm like ah, I can run I can do some calisthenics if I want to there are yoga classes here if I want to or I can take the time off because it's not the end of the world and that's kind of what I ended up doing I think I did a couple of gym sessions actually we went out of our way to find this really shitty gym where everything was like half broken everything was filthy um but that you know I I'm able to do that with flexibility because I do not want to be the person who will not go to a place just because there's no gym there who will miss out on these experiences because I cannot train in the way that I would like or I cannot eat in this ideal way right so that's what really helped me as well as branching out of the fitness industry and mingling with people who didn't think about their bodies all the time who weren't obsessed with how they looked talking to people who were very ideas oriented I like to read a lot and I like to talk about these sorts of things with people you know who read similar things or especially on the psychology side like I find it so interesting to learn more about how our minds work um, how we you know think about things also what's really important to like human flourishing is still like a really big interest of mine and it's these ideas that I like to talk about and I know that like appearance really doesn't come into that so I think that that has been another really great protective factor that I've had in place so that's kind of my journey which again is a little bit different to people who I know you know have gone through the whole diet culture and had that big thing imposed on them I haven't necessarily struggled with that per se I haven't had huge amounts of criticism for how I look there was like the odd comment about my skin that obviously pissed me off when I was younger and I was very insecure about that um so I can relate on many different levels but I also think I've had this unique experience where I've had these positive factors in place that has well positioned me to be able to help people with this because I can see the other side 
And I've experienced my own insecurities too. But I refuse to let that hold me back from getting what I want out of life and being able to be flexible and travel, have all these experiences and be present with people and wanting to be seen as more than my appearance. That I think has been a big protective factor. I'm like, hey, like... I'm this great person with all these ideas and I'm interested in so many things. Can we stop fucking talking about how I look? Like, I, it, it's boring and it minimizes me. Like, obviously, that's not what people intend when they're trying to be nice, that like they're trying to be, you know, complimentary. But me having that resistance to being viewed in that way, I think has been very helpful. So that would be my advice for anyone. And that is what I do with my coaching is to help people to come to understand who they are and who they want to be and start holding themselves to that standard where yes I like to look good like I'm very interested in fashion funnily enough because I grew up when I went to uni I lived in London for a few years and I got so interested in expressing myself with my personal style that's kind of hard to do when you're traveling and don't have access to shopping but also don't have the suitcase space to invest but whenever I'm in one place for too long I get the urge to go and buy all these clothes because I really am interested in style I obviously have a bunch of tattoos that I really want to get more of um so the investment in your appearance can be there but it's in a way that really supports your life and who you want to be and I think I really do have such a solid like view of myself in that way that I am so invested in helping other people to achieve because I know how important your self-view is, your self-concept, the way that you view yourself is to the way that you interact with other people and the things that you do with your life and I do want to be someone who is present in relationships, I do want to be someone who is outgoing and really enjoys having all these new experiences and I do not want to be held back by thoughts about how I look or worries about what I'm going to eat but I also do want to be healthy and I do love to train and I do like to invest in my appearance in ways that aren't super time consuming and don't take up a lot of headspace. So that is what I am so invested in helping people with because I know how life enhancing that can be. So yeah, I guess that's probably a little bit of a different experience than um, many other coaches may have had. But again, can totally relate to these insecurities. And you may have noticed this in yourself, if you're insecure about your appearance, you're probably insecure about other things too, right? You're probably overly concerned about what other people think of you. And these things can really become impactful. So when I began to learn more about self-acceptance, about not demanding success from yourself, but striving for your goals from a place of, this is here to add to my life. And I am like, I, I value myself. Like that was the point that I was making about having the absence of body image concerns or the absence of disordered eating isn't necessarily a flourishing relationship with yourself it's about cultivating this relationship where you do respect yourself you do appreciate yourself and you don't hold yourself back that does not mean that you never experience insecurities that you never experience self-doubt but you have the skills to be able to reinforce the concept of yourself that you want to maintain and to encourage and support yourself towards your goals not striving because you don't feel good enough the way that you are so so I know the importance of 
the way that you view yourself. I know how many things can be an obstacle to that. And I know how to work on it. So that's why I think I'm so passionate about this because every single person on earth has a body image. Every single person on earth has to eat to survive. Every single person on earth would benefit from some form of physical activity, whatever that looks like. And every person on earth has a life to live, right? So these are basically foundational skills that so many people would benefit from. So that has been a little bit more about my journey. Hopefully that was interesting to some of you. And I think that really helps people to understand why I'm invested in doing the work that I do, because I know just how much a big of an impact that can have on the way someone views themselves, the way that they feel day to day, and the way that they show up in their relationships, and the way that they live their lives.